Welcome to Flip the Library, a podcast from Gwinnett County Public Library. My name is Steve. I am the manager of the Grayson Branch. And my name is Monor, a library associate at the Norcross Branch. Designed for adults and older teens with intellectual and developmental disabilities, Gwinnett County Public Library's Open Your World Book Club welcomes readers and aspiring readers to join together for reading, listening, and discussion of one book over the course of each six to eight week session. Today, we're speaking with some of the creators and leaders of the program. I'm Regina Fallon, and I am a library associate at the Five Forks branch, and I am in charge of, along with Linda, with um, adult programs. I'm Linda Wong. I work with Regina at the Five Forks branch as a library associate, and I am now co-chair of the Equity Task Force as well. I'm Kari Evans. I'm the branch manager of the Five Forks branch. I'm Pat Satterfield. I'm with the Dunamis Educational Foundation, and I'm the executive director. I'm Angela Moore. I am a supervisory librarian at the Centerville branch currently, but I was at Five Forks where we started this book club, of course. Just to start off with, uh, the topic of this episode is the Open Your World Book Club. What is the Open Your World Book Club? Oh, the Open Your World Book Club is a book club for adults and older teens who have intellectual or developmental disabilities. And it is a joint project between the Gwinnett County Public Library System and the Dunamis Educational Foundation. So when did the Open Your World Book Club get started? Uh, It got started in 2019. I had heard about the Next Chapter Book Club, um, which is a national organization, a nonprofit, and they run a similar type book club. And when I came to GCPL and suggested that we run a book club like that, um, I was put in touch with Pat, who was with the Dunamis Foundation, because she had already run many of these, this type of book club before. And so uh, that's how we had our introduction to each other. And that's how our partnership started. And the Gwinnett County Public Library had recently created a new strategic plan that focused on uh, serving diverse populations. And so it was ideal that we would have a book club or some type of program for this community. I learned that Regina was working with Pat and that they were going to be doing this book club. And, you know, part of the ALA presentation, I, I was talking about how I wanted as As being a member of the Equity Task Force, I wanted to make sure that we didn't just focus on race, but we, you know, also considered the intersection of different things such as ability slash disability. And I wanted to make sure we highlighted that um, there was a need uh, for services for this particular population for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And in doing some research, there was uh, a study done in, well, it was more like a community survey that was done in 2018 um, by the local health department. And, you know, there was a general consensus that there wasn't either a lot of services for these individuals, or there was a lack of knowledge of the services that did exist. So I wanted to make sure that Regina's programs were promoted accordingly, and that Pat's vision, which was to not only have it at the Five Forks branch, but to branch out and doing it and do it at all of the branches, hopefully eventually, which we actually will get into that. uh, It was eventually expanded. That way we were actually serving that community to the best of our ability. 
And uh, Pat, we talked about um, how they brought you in. Can you tell us a little bit about the Dunamis uh, Educational Foundation and the work that you all do? Um, we're a private uh, nonprofit. Um, we serve uh, teens and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, encouraging them toward their best life. Um, we know that there's a lot of things that fall off the back end when they leave school and they don't get the kinds of support that they had up until their 22nd birthday. And so we wanted to sort of help keep them going. Uh, we offer transition services, assistive technology services, which is my background, and then also um, these opportunities that we were doing with the library in terms of book club and life skills sessions. And um, it's it's been a lot of fun. Can y'all tell us a little bit about how it got started and how it's been working and how it's been going before the pandemic, during the pandemic? We started out with a in-person book club. And we had um, 10 copies of Treasure Island, an adapted version of Treasure Island. And we had a small group that joined us of six people and um, had a wonderful time and met for six weeks in a row. And they showed up every week for six weeks. And we were all anxiously awaiting um, the next book that we would start, which would be uh, an adapted version of The Prince and the Pauper. But in the Meantime, that was in March of 2020, our library, like many libraries, had to shut down and stop offering offering in-person programs. So uh, it was suggested to us by one of the book club members that we change to an online format. And I have to admit that at first I was like, well, we've never done that before. That's not going to (laughs) work. But it ended up working out beautifully. We sent out emails to our current participants and told them, you know, what the Zoom link was. They showed up. We were able to project the book on a screen for screen sharing. And uh, it all just worked out. You know, we didn't miss a beat. We were we were right on schedule for the next book and didn't really know how long that was going to last virtually. But as time went on, COVID went on. And so we did it for month after month after month. And we started to see that our attendance picked up and that um, unexpectedly, there were many benefits to having the program online versus in person. And one of the main ones was people who are uh, using these programs uh, generally don't drive. And so there was a big transportation barrier in order to get to the library, to use the library services. But virtually, that was not a problem. Well, there were some concerns about them being able to use the technology. And we found out that they quickly became experts at using the technology. It didn't bother them at all. There were some concerns about whether they'd be able to focus and uh, keep their attention with us in this kind of environment, not face-to-face. And we found out that actually they're more focused when they can see everybody's face. They stay right with us. And it was it was wonderful. We, we just continued to see them um, progress in their skills and their excitement about reading kind of was renewed. And we were very excited about the possibilities of continuing. We do have, just like any other book club, we, we have social time before and after we actually discuss the book. And I think this would be a good time to say um, that we we actually read the book together during book club. That is a, a big part of this book club. That's not the same as um, other book clubs that people might have been to. 
because reading together and improving reading skills is a big part of what we offer in addition to just the fun of reading. We've had people join us from other counties, from other states. Uh, we, we are able to open it up um, and people make friends across all these new platforms. And uh, so it's, it's got a big social aspect to it as well as the, the reading itself. To go along with that, you know, isolation had always really been a problem for these groups, you know, not being able to, you know, connect necessarily with others in their community. And that was only emphasized when COVID came along and quarantine came along. Um, They were feeling even more isolated. And thanks to this program that you guys created, It was really amazing because it's so great that you see these smiling faces. They're always happy to see you. They're always just so welcoming to everyone who comes in and they've built their own community. And that's why they show up time and time again. It's because they've made these new connections and these new friends and the isolation component basically gets eliminated. They really have made long-term friendships because of this book club. We've been doing this for over two years now. And I think maybe five out of six of the participants who came to the first meeting are still with us coming to every session for over two years now. And a lot, a lot of the others have also been coming for probably a year or more. We do add new people pretty frequently, but our core group is so loyal, so dedicated. They'll even attend when they're on vacation. Uh, We've had, uh, Jack and Philip, I think, under a beach umbrella, sitting who knows where, Florida or some somewhere on vacation. People who will join from the back seat of the car on the way somewhere. It's just that important to them that they don't miss book club, and I think that's a real testament to how much fun it is and how much it means to them and means a lot to us too. I just want to say that this is like so wholesome, and I love this conversation <laughs> so much. And I also really love the fact that y'all have decided to continue to do it virtually because I think it is a really good standpoint from accessibility as well. Because like Angela was saying, they're joining from wherever they are. Y'all are doing amazing work. You mentioned some of the attendees. Do you have a cap on attendees? Like, I mean, is there at a certain point, are there there, quote unquote too many people that you just can't get everybody to read or anything like that? Yeah, um, we've found that between... um, 15 to 20 people is probably our maximum. And we were starting to max out um, and which is a wonderful problem to have, but it was still ended up being a a bit of a problem because we do want everyone to have a chance to read if they wish to, we don't force anyone to read. So uh, at some point we decided to ask some of the other branches, some of our 15 branches, if they would like to also run book clubs so that we could have um, book club uh, for everyone and we could offer it at different times of the day and different days for the convenience of the book club participants and their families. And so we made a presentation at one of our managers meetings and we're very pleased to have um, five other branches come on board. And right now we have four different book clubs on four different days of the week. Some of them are a little bit smaller they might have six. Some some of them have large groups attend because they're early afternoon programs. And so we've had some school groups 
some high school uh, special education teachers have their class attend. But we've branched out in a lot of areas. You know, at first we're like group registration. We don't know, you know, but it ended up working out just fine. You know, uh, we adapted to that. And so anyway, so that is kind of the cap that we have come up with. We usually read two chapters or approximately 20 pages per session. And so if there's 20 pages, there really should be 20 people or fewer um, attending. And if it gets too many people, you know, you don't have that small group atmosphere anymore. But um, so that's how we adapted and adjusted to this wonderful problem of too many people. And I think having the information already available, um, the books had already been scanned. And so it made it a nice program to be able to share with the other branches um, something easy to pick up. It was virtual and the different branch staff were able to participate and get on board pretty quickly. We're able to convey to them just how much fun it was that they would get hooked just the way we are. And so we we always offer to have people join us at our groups and attend some of our meetings. And then once they do, they they get a, a real idea of how it's conducted and and how much fun it is. I was going to ask, Regina, I know you said that a few branches are helping out right now. Mm -hmm. Do we know if this will end up being like a whole countywide, like all of our branches will be doing this at some point in time? I certainly hope so. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, We we kind of, uh, we had some of the branches partner together to, uh, you know, two branches that could be geographically at different parts of the county, but it didn't really matter because of the virtual format. And so they have been... You know, two branches running one program. We kind of wanted to take it slow so we didn't have too many new things all at once. But I definitely foresee us having more than the four book clubs at some point. And I can put in a plug Five Forks is looking for a branch partner if anyone is interested in partnering with us. So you mentioned that y'all tend to read the book together during the sessions. How does your meeting usually go? We start about 15 minutes early. Uh, our, if our start time is three o'clock, we get on about 15 minutes early to be able to give them that social time that Regina mentioned so they can share news and concerns and happy birthday, all that stuff goes on, you know, but they just greet one another as they come in. They all, they're very friendly, very congenial with one another. I've been amazed at how well they get along. There's really just not there's not been any conflict, knock on wood. We spend that time together. So we kind of get that out of the way. And then when it's starting time, they get right down to work. And we um, do read together. But before we begin, we always sort of go over where we have been. You know, if we're in the middle of a book, we kind of have to recap because it's been a whole week and they don't always remember. So what happened the last time we read? So we do that first. Then we introduce the chapter by talking about the characters and the setting. We, we are very specific about talking about vocabulary. Any words that are in that next chapter that we're going to read that might be unfamiliar or words that they might trip over while they're reading, or they might have multiple meanings. And we got to figure out which meaning we're going to use. Um, We do all that first. And then we actually introduce the comprehension questions so that they have something to be looking for the answers to while they're reading. 
And so then we read and we use the uh, format of the materials that we use is that the sentences end on the page. So our readers can have read a full page and be done. It's nothing's carried over to the next page. So it doesn't make it, you know, messy to transition. And so then at the end of that, we'll talk about that, what happened on that page. If we need to go into more detail, we will. Sometimes we have like a little bubble that will be a, um, a thought kind of question, you know, thinking about what we're reading. Um, was that a good idea? How, how do you think they were feeling? Um, can you fall in love at first sight? That kind of stuff. And then we'll read we'll keep, we'll finish, and then we'll do those comprehension questions again. And, and largely we've reviewed as we've gone along. So usually they do really well on the comprehension questions and they're real excited about them, that and they pat themselves on the back. <laughs> and at the end of each book, we have a celebration of the book. Usually it has some kind of theme having to do with the, the plot of the book or the characters. And we might have a, a Jeopardy game or um, word searches, or maybe film clips that have to do with the book. And um, so we started that when we were in person group, we had a scavenger hunt or a treasure hunt because it was Treasure Island. Um, We had that in the library and also a a movie screening. And we didn't quite know how that was going to work out for our virtual, but we've managed to make it a whole lot of fun for the virtual too. They really like the Jeopardy and the other games like that, where they can be teams and compete against one another. I thought one of the most fun times uh, was when we did Romeo and Juliet, which both the girls and the gentlemen in our group loved. And um, a tragedy, figure that. They were very excited at the end because we did West Side Story. And so that was really fun to compare and contrast Romeo and Juliet and West Side Story. And we also did a reader's theater. We would do a short scene from the book and they all took parts. And that was a real hit. We've done that for several books so that they can act it out, but they don't have to memorize their lines. They just read them from the script that's on the screen. So in addition to just like how your sessions go generally, can we know about how many different titles we have available for the book club? Well, ones that are already scanned, um, We have probably at least 20 now. GCPL has purchased 30 different titles, I believe it is, of the series of adapted novels that we use. And so those are available for each of the book clubs to to, um, choose and scan. Customers can also look them up in our catalog and check them out as well, correct? Exactly. Yes, they can. Perfect. They're, They're physically available at six branches. And of course, they can be requested to be sent to any branch. We got most of those books through a generous donation that was secured by our development director. Yes. That's awesome. How does this program help fulfill the library's mission and make an impact on our community? Um, Kari had mentioned that it was in the strategic plan. How does this help advance that? Yes. So in 2019, uh, GCPL uh, created a new strategic plan where we really were emphasizing our focus on serving diverse populations. And this was a wonderful opportunity, as Linda had mentioned, to not just focus on race as one of the diverse populations, but to look at other people in our community. And so we were able to really tailor this program to the individuals with intellectual disabilities so that the library could 
provide a broader array of programs and services to meet our community needs. And that's how we found Pat. And she was able to uh, further continue the work that she was doing in the community for this population. So with my mom hat on, as well as my educator hat on, my assistive technology hat on, um, I would like to just say that for me, this is important because reading is a life skill for these individuals. It's so important and it makes such a big difference in the opportunities that they have in their lives. And, and the exciting thing about book club is that they are excited about reading again. They are excited about buying the books that we're actually doing online. They will go and buy the book so they can read from the book while we're reading online. And, and that to me is really significant that they're out of school. They're not sitting around not reading. Now they're excited about reading again. They have books that they have read and enjoyed that they can reread. They're going looking for new things. Um, we've had individuals who have said that in their jobs now they're reading to children or, you know, using those reading skills in a meaningful way. So I think the importance of reading as a life skill is one of the things that we can't lose in as part of the discussion. To add to what Pat was saying, that is the library's mission in general is to provide uh, programs and services that help with literacy that help with uh, job seeking and job support, and to be able to combine all of those things together into one book club, what is amazing. So y'all gave a presentation about this program at the American Library Association's annual conference in Washington, DC this summer. Can y'all tell us a little bit about that experience and the kind of feedback that y'all received from other libraries? I will say, we were very nervous. It went very smoothly. Everybody was fantastic. And I will also say afterwards, there was a line of people coming to talk to all of them about what they've accomplished. And, you know, so, so much positive feedback and a lot of great questions about how they made it happen and the potential for their own systems to start programs like this. So if you, mm -hmm. if you all want to talk about what they said specifically, it was, it was amazing. I had people ask about the specific um, literature we use. They um, also wanted to know how long each session was, which, you know, some of our groups meet for an hour, some meet for an hour and a half. And so we were able to talk about those specifics. There was one person who was interested in partnering with someone else who they had heard um, had an interest in the same general area in the Baltimore area. So I was able to put those two people together and I'm very hopeful that they will be, be having a wonderful partnership as a result of this as well. I was thinking that one of the benefits in addition to improving reading skills and, and uh, improving your job skills, one of the parents told us, uh, actually several of the parents told us um, that the um, discussions about what to do in your life, you know, sort of quandaries like, uh, was that a good thing for Tom to do, you know, and is it ever okay to lie? These different uh, questions, sort of big picture questions that are very important for their loved ones to, to know about as they go out into the world. So it's, it's the themes of the stories that we read 
that are very important to them as well. And that's something that I talked about in our presentation just a little bit, that obviously there's a very big educational component, and that's really important, and we're building reading skills, but we're also doing the connecting with the text on an emotional level, which is, I think, one of the great joys of reading, talking about how does this make you feel, what would you do in this situation, like Regina was just saying, because those are the questions that you can apply to your own life also, and I think that makes for a much richer reading experience, where it's not just us asking like, okay, who did this, and what were the facts of the story, but also going into those deeper dives and having some of those really great discussions that are part of what's so great about any book club. And that's the great thing about the adapted texts that they all use for these programs is that they're not what you said, quote unquote, babyish. They're actually very appropriate and subject matter for this age group of adults. But the terminology and the, you know, the sentence structure is a lot simpler. But it doesn't take away from what Angela was saying. It doesn't take away from that emotional factor or the deeper meaning of the story, which is imperative for this type of book club. To answer, uh, further answer your question about the feedback we received from other libraries, um, we had two library systems that were attending the conference virtually. And a former colleague of mine from New York Public Library was able to attend and she was very interested in perhaps introducing that to New York Public Library. And she's the associate director of the uh, Manhattan and Staten Island branches. So it covers a wide range. I'm hoping that she uh, will definitely follow up and implement that. And I also received an email from the acting chief of the San Francisco Public Library. They had used next chapter uh, books and that book club. And then when the pandemic came, they had stopped and they were thinking about starting up again. And now that we have uh, talked about how we have used the book club and, and not use next chapter, they had some questions and they wanted to know they were possibly interested in starting just their own book club there. And so they I, and I will add, and I don't know if Regina and Pat got to hear this and Angela, but they called it an inspirational session. I think our attendees that we had at our session were really engaged and really interested. Uh, we didn't have, you know, an absolutely packed room, but the people that were there, I think, really wanted to be there. And hopefully, um, from the feedback we got, I think got a lot out of the session and that's that's what we came to do was to hopefully inspire people to do this at their own libraries. So if even just one more branch somewhere else in the country starts a book club like this, then I think we were a success. But fingers crossed, I think it's going to be a lot more than that. And that is absolutely thrilling to me. Yeah. And I think it's really important about the texts um, that, you know, if you are reading at a certain age level and you're 20 years old, you don't want to say, oh, here's hop on pop because that's what your read level is. Like they, they're aware that they're reading a baby book and they know, and that's just not going to make them feel good about themselves. But if you can have texts like this that are deep texts, and even if you bring the, the language level 
down to where where their level is, that deepness is still there in the story. You know, you're not getting all the richness maybe of the language or what the fancy, fancy, schmancy language, but you're still getting that core of the story. And so, I mean, Romeo and Juliet is Romeo and Juliet, whether you're getting, whether you're reading Middle English, <laughs> I am big pentameter or not. So. Absolutely. And we've had some tough topics in some of the books that we've read. I mean, we read Little Women, um, you know, spoiler alert, Beth dies. But we've had, we've had um, you know, members of our book club who have experienced loss themselves, of course. And, you know, we can have those conversations where, you know, we acknowledge this is really sad. This is a really hard thing. Not shying away from some of those and, you know, sanitizing it because these, like you said, these are adults and they have the same life experiences as anyone. And it's important to be able to talk about those. And like you said, not reading Hop on Pop. So I think that's really important that these are the kinds of stories that we're choosing. It's been my experience that individuals, uh, adults with developmental disabilities really value the skill of reading. The, they believe that others who can read, others of their peers who can read are the leaders of the group. Um, that's not always true personality-wise, but it is true that they have something that's very meaningful to all of these adults. And when I've asked, when I've met with people who came in for assistive technology and said, what is it that you want to be able to do that you can't do? And they always tell me, read. Whether it's, you know, having something that reads to them or, you know, reading, actually being able to learn to read. So when I was doing some consulting in a day program for adults with developmental disabilities, we started with a very small group that we were focusing on comprehension for those who were already readers. But we ended up with three sessions of book club at three different levels because there were the readers, there were the active listeners that wanted to be part of the story but didn't really care about their reading that much. And they're the the ones who actually wanted to learn to read. So we ended up with, with three different groups. Um, and I happened to go to the day program today because I'm doing a little tutoring, but I get mobbed when I go and they want to know when book club is starting again. So it's, it is important to these adults. It's, it's, it's not just that they realize that they could read a recipe or read a sign. It's that they value that. They think it's um, important. Yes, and we, we had a partnership with another community group that offers recreational programs for adults with developmental disabilities. And so they concentrate on the fun things and they do did a survey, you know, zip lining, uh, cooking, this, that, and the other, what would you like to do? And they, they, the, answer, the overwhelming answer they got is that they wanted to improve their reading skills. And this is, you know, competing with, any other fun thing, which not, not to say they don't do the other fun things as well, but that was right up there, the director of that program only. And so we were able to help them get started. Um, they ended up borrowing a set of our, um, we had five sets of 10 copies each of physical books when we first started out, and they were able to borrow one of those sets and get started on their own book club, which has been very popular. These particular texts were developed for struggling readers. So they have all the features that make them just really appropriate for what we're trying to do. 
Um, they were made so that the students who struggle to read can read the same thing as everyone else is reading and, and understand. That's great. Y'all have done a great job of talking up the program. So if someone's listening to this and they say, hey, I want to join that, are there minimum requirements and what do they need to do to get started? Like, do you need to know how to read to be in the program? Do you need to be a certain age? We don't have any specific minimum age. I usually suggest to people who inquire that the later teen years are probably most appropriate. But if someone was 14 or 13 and really wanted to join, we wouldn't turn them away. Uh, You don't have to know how to read. You can just listen and participate in the conversation if you wish. In order to to access our registration form, we do ask for advanced registration just so we can have the contact information to send the Zoom links out. You, You can go to our events calendar on our GCPL webpage and put in Open Your World Book Club and it should bring up any number of our book clubs. And at that point, you just click on register and and all of the book clubs have the same registration form. And then you just choose which sessions you want and then you'll get a confirmation email um, telling you that you are, yes, indeed, registered for the book club. I would like to reiterate the fact that, you know, visitors are welcome. We, we We love to have visitors come and sit in on the sessions and see what it's actually like and see what, how much fun we have. <laughs> I want to say that they also run some amazing life skills classes for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And I highly recommend those as well because they teach very important life skills. Those are called Your Best Life and those are monthly. They tend to be on Thursdays once a month and those can be found on our calendar as well. And Pat, did you want to list some of the topics we've covered? We cover a variety of topics, um, some more serious, some more fun. Um, we just did rights and responsibilities last month. We're going to be doing water safety coming up this month. Um, sometimes it's friendship. Sometimes it's um, medical kind of topics. So we kind of go all over the map, but we try to alternate more serious things with fun things. Yeah, taking care of your hearing, taking care of your vision. We've done those or holiday gift giving, you know. Miss Regina has done some awesome videos as well. We hope to add to those. Yeah, we've done the take five videos with different topics. Uh, We've had cooking. We've had how to wear a mask at the beginning of the pandemic. Those are excellent. They're on our YouTube page. And Regina even shows you how to make a pizza, which is amazing. (laughs) That was our most popular one so far. (laughs) I think I went out and got some pizza to eat after that. (laughs) Well, thank you all for coming on the podcast to talk about the program. And thank you for your work on this amazing program, for starting it and propagating it throughout the system. And Pat, for giving so much of your time to the library for this program and obviously all your other work as well. But thank you for giving us some of your valuable time. Once again, very wonderful work y'all are doing. I'm very glad to be talking with y'all today about this for sure. Thank you for having us. We'd like to thank everyone for speaking with us today with a special shout out to Pat Satterfield. The library is open to everyone and we're happy to share this story of all the ways we're impacting our community. If you, a family member, or a friend might be interested in this program, check out our library events for the Open Your World Book Club. Flip the Library provides an inside look at Gwinnett County Public Library and brings to light the many ways the library impacts and enriches our customers' lives. 
Go to gwinnettpl.org slash podcasts to find out more about the library's podcasts and to get new episodes of Flip the Library, follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate and review it on your podcast app. And keep up to date with the library on social media at Gwinnett Library. Thanks for listening. Connect, learn, and grow with your Gwinnett County Public Library.